0: You are listening to the Madera Tribune podcast? I'm your guest host, Corey Valdez, advertising coordinator for the Madera Tribune, and today we have two special guests. Our first guest is Cindy Avila, she is the director of the Madera Animal Shelter, and then we have Becky Cope with the Friends of the Madera Animal Shelter. Ladies, thank you so much for coming in and having a discussion. Our pleasure. Cindy, director of the animal shelter. Correct. Um, and how long have you been the director?
1: I've been the director about two years now, although I have worked at the shelter for 32. Okay.
0: Um, so what's going on with the Madeira Animal Shelter nowadays and now well, that we're coming out of pre-COVID? And-
1: right now, actually, this time has been harder for us the last six months has been the worst since COVID when COVID first happened back in 2020 um, we got our uh, numbers down we were averaging like 45-50 dogs in the shelter and uh, just a few cats and in the last six months um, when everything started reopening really uh, we've been inundated with animals we've had as many as 90 dogs at a time which our capacity for care is ideally 45-50 but for whatever reason the last six months uh, none of our rescues have been able to pull dogs from us and this is all across the united states not just in california nobody's adopting which puts a bottleneck into all the rescues Um, they're they're not able to take what they used to so we're really struggling to keep our numbers down to keep the healthy animals out of the shelter so that we have room for the uh, animals that are truly in need.
0: During uh, COVID it seemed like a lot of shelter a lot of people were adopting animals because they were at home they were able to take care of their animals and they, they needed companionship Um, Have you seen them, any of them, returning back to the shelter saying, gee, you know, I'm going back to work, I can't take care of my animal anymore. I mean, what do they do, or or are they actually keeping
1: their fur
0: baby at their home?
1: We have had very few animals returned. You know, the majority of the animals that have been adopted are kept. However, there is a lot more people losing their jobs, losing their homes, and we, we have had an influx of having to take in those animals. I mean, we have programs that help people rehome, but because of you know a lot of people can't, then you know we are seeing an influx of uh, people that are forced to turn in their animals because of uh, them becoming homeless. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah,
0: Becky, um, friends of the Monair Animal Shelter. What's going on with the friends?
2: Well, we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization and um, what we do is we rescue homeless dogs and cats. Um, We try to rehabilitate them. Um, We spay and neuter them, give them veterinary care, and then we work to try and get them into loving, adoptable homes.
0: Great. Um, I know before COVID, uh, the French had a the services. The, there was a community cat program. Now, is that the shelter or is that the friends? That was the friends. Okay. Um, so that required a voucher. And when did that stop? November 3rd of 2021. And it was due because of um,
2: why? We had a, an allocated amount of money that we were uh, allotting to Spay and Neuter, and it was a never-ending never-ending cycle we couldn't get the money in quick enough into the fund and we had to make a hard choice on uh, whether we would end up using all of our money and having to close our doors or we would have to reallocate that money to the adoptive programs and the rehabilitation programs that we're working on or low-cost shot clinic so um, we had to do a, um, a hard evaluation and stop the program for now um, we are hoping to develop either um, future grants that would help refund and restart that program. Um, we have different individuals that are reaching out to city council and to the board of supervisors, um, hoping that they'll be able to find some government funds um, that would help fund that program again. So um, it's sad. I mean, we have people contact us every day. We still do um, help with um, renting out feral cat traps, and if, actually, it's not even a rent. You make a deposit, and when you bring the trap back, you get your money back. So it's at no cost um, because people have these problems and issues all over their neighborhoods. So it's, 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 it's sad. I really would love to get that program back. When does cat season start,
0: kitten
1: season? Any time now. February, March. Oh, spring? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Spring time. And
0: then again in, like, November or... I know there's it's, parts of the year where it's like
1: this year it oh, seems like it's pretty cases. much been going on all year, but come uh, next month it's really going to hit hard. Yeah,
2: I think it does. It goes with the temperature, you know. And yeah. we've had such mild weather mm-hmm. that it's just been a continuous process. Usually we have downtime over the holidays, December, January, February, yeah. to be able to gear up, and we've just been nonstop.
0: Well, I do hope the funding comes back because that particular program is a huge benefit to the city of Madera and the county of Madera. So that is something that I hope the board and the council will consider um, because it's a very important part of uh, maintaining a safe environment for our uh, community cats. um, What else is going on with the Friends?
2: Well, we run a low-cost vaccination clinic. We do it the first Saturday of every month. Um, We do it as a drive-through. We started that during COVID and actually it has worked out much better. Um, It's much more contained before all the animals would be loose and in line. Um, There'd be different interactions. Now everyone keeps them in their own car. So it's a tour window. So people start lining up about 8.30 and at nine o'clock we funnel them through. They fill out the forms of what they would like done. They go to another section and they do their payments. They go to the next section uh, section and we have a vet and vet techs there that administer the shots. So um, it's a streamlined process that works really well.
0: Are you going to keep that streamlined process even after COVID as we step out of
2: I believe so. I think it works much better than the old old program, to be honest. Um, And we're also working and partnering with the shelter. I'm not sure if you're aware, but they also are doing uh, free microchipping right now, yes. and they come out to our shot clinic and are able to provide that to Madeira County um, residents.
1: Yeah, county, city.
2: That's wonderful, very helpful yeah. and important. Right. Well, I mean, one of the goals is—I um, mean—the shelter's motto is "get them home." So ideally, we—it's the homeless when we get calls for the homeless animals and trying to help them. Uh, having a microchip and having people bring them to our office where we have scanners. Um, I have a personal scanner now. Um, They have the scanners at vet offices and at at the shelter. And uh, ideally, we just want to get those babies back to their parents.
0: (laughs) Right. Now, the shock clinic recently moved to a new address.
2: Yes. um, We actually um, got the opportunity to go to the parking lot at the new Department of Health The actual address is 1604 Sunrise, um, and it's in that new building parking lot where underneath their solar panels. Um, It's given us much more room um, and uh, ability to just run it really smoothly there. It's been wonderful. There's always a huge line. Yes. Well, um, (laughs) which is a good thing. It is a good thing. We run a double line, and we actually have uh, three vet techs and a vet now. So it actually is, is running really quickly. So it's good to hear.
0: Yeah. Cindy, the shelter, um, do you want to talk about what kind of programs that still offer at the shelter, what the, um, the shelter does for the community?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, our big one, as uh, we've been talking, is the microchips, which to me, that's huge. We did get a grant, and that's why we're able to offer the free microchips. Mm-hmm. And we will continue until we run out of funding uh at this time it looks like you know we can probably go another year with the uh, free microchips and they've been wonderful and um actually it is now a law just starting january of this year any animal who gets impounded into the shelter is required to have a microchip when it leaves which of course it's no additional charge at this time but it's so important i mean for us to get these dogs, and if we, my officers also carry scanners in their trucks. And if we pick up a dog in the field and it has a chip, we're able to take it directly home. That animal oh, that's doesn't great. have to go to the shelter. That's wonderful. So, And if they're not home, we can at least leave notice that, hey, we've picked up your dog. Please come get it. Great.
0: So, ladies, what I wanted to ask you also is what the community, community can do for you for the friends, for the shelter, what do you guys need from us
1: so we can help you? Okay, well we at the shelter need volunteers and we need people to, when they find a dog, if they can safely keep it and, uh, I mean, if the dog is, generally the rule is if the dog is in any danger of hurting, getting hurt itself or hurting uh, another person, uh, we, those are the dogs that need to come into the shelter. But if it's just a you know, cute little dog that's not doing any harm, uh, if the people can either try and go door to door and find its home, or if they do bring it in to their home to uh, post it on Facebook, on their local, any local media you know, that they have available, we have lost and found. Uh, and generally, within two days, the animals are reunited. And so, all those animals that really don't need to be in the shelter—the dogs and cats we want at the shelter—are the injured, the sick, the truly desolate that you know have no other options that really don't have a home, because that gives us the opportunity to spend more time with those animals, you know, whether it's uh, training, uh, enrichment, uh, finding them new homes. Uh, but when we get the shelter gets full up of dogs that really aren't in need that actually do have homes, that's what causes a bottleneck. So if the public could help us out with those, you know, and open their home to, you know, even if it's just for a few days and try on their own to, you know, find the owners of these dogs, that would be very beneficial. And we always need volunteers, even volunteers that work out of their home that go door to door, you know, when we have found dogs and try and, you know, find their owners. Uh, all kinds of volunteer uh, opportunities because, you know, unfortunately, when we get overcrowded, it is hard for us to uh, do the enrichment programs that, you know, we really would like to do and make the lives better for the animals that do end up in the shelter.
0: Wonderful. Um, Becky, now, is fostering, is there a prerequisite to being a foster parent? If you walk
2: in, you say, oh, I want to... I want
0: to foster a puppy or a
2: kitten. Well, the way the process works for FMAS is we actually have a team of uh, volunteers from our board, and um, they meet with the foster. They actually do a home inspection to make sure that it's safe for not only our foster dogs, but for the foster family. Um, if they have pets of their own, we need them to be vaccinated. Um, they need to have a place where they can keep the foster separate until it can get its vaccinations. Um it's a, it's a, it's a. Uh, that's how I. One of the ways I got started actually volunteering and working with FMAS was fostering, um, and I can't even express how fulfilling it is to know that you were able to help an animal that probably wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for you. You're just giving it that opportunity. Um, I've done bottle baby kittens. Uh, I've done um, all kinds of uh, animals that have had injuries. Eyes removed. Uh, leg amputation. So there's so many that would probably have not have made it if Foster's hadn't have stepped up. Thank you. So, what about
0: now the food drive? Are we having a food drive soon? Are you guys needing any food for the community to drop off or blankets or
2: is that a constant need in the Well, we never turn anything away um we um the people are the most important like you brought up the fosters the volunteers those are like the key ingredients for us but um, we also can always use um, sheets we use sheets a lot with our animals that we do have um, in foster care Um, carrying uh, crates that we use for transport Um, we work with the shelter on helping to transport to rescue. We actually have uh, two rescue vans and we make trips as far as Oregon and Washington. So um, those those crates are so crucial to be able to safely transport them, even just locally for spay and neuter. Um, the, those are probably the big things that we use primarily. Um, if we have someone who fosters for us, we do provide um, food for them, we provide kennels for them, we provide the crates for them, um, the pee pads, the, um, the treats, the toys. We, we do all that and a lot of that is, um, comes out of donations that we receive. And what about the veterinary care? Um, that is primarily from some of our financial contributions that we get uh, we have people that have adopted from us and those fees kind of go back into the program as well as we have so many kind-hearted people that um, on a regular basis will send send money, you know, $20. Uh, we do have a, a PayPal attached to our um, website and um, people make those contributions and we allocate them to medical care or spay and neuter. Um, we are doing some spay and neuter for um, homeless animals right now, working with the shelter. So um, a lot of those funds go towards that as well. Great. Um, Becky, when is the next animal clinic? Oh, the Shock Clinic.
1: The That's shock coming clinic. up
0: this
2: Saturday. It's on March 5th, and it runs from 9 to 11. And the address again? Is 1604 Sunrise. If you're interested in donating to the Friends of the
0: Madera Animal Shelter, or the Friends of the... Madeira, or the friend, or the shelter itself, the Madera <laughs> Shelter, Becky, what's your... Uh, Website.
2: Our website is www.fmas.info, and then our actual physical address is two five nine one six, and we're on Avenue Seventeen. You
0: can also find the friends on Facebook. Correct. Absolutely. Okay, Cindy. What about the shelter? What's the
1: website for the shelter? Phone number for the shelter. Okay, six seven five. 7891. However, because we are not a nonprofit, we can take dog food, we can take blankets, but any monetary donations we refer to FMAS. Great, great.
0: Ladies, thank you so much for coming by and spending some time with me and informing us about what's going on with the shelter and the friends. Um, I thank you for coming by. This is Becky and Cindy. Uh, this is Corey Valdez. We'll catch you next time on the Madeira Tribune podcast thanks for listening